0: Good evening and welcome to the Online Warriors Podcast. Uh, We're back for another week of uh, some tech news and some nerd stuff. And as always, I am one of your three hosts, Illegal86, and I am joined by the devilishly handsome One. Hello, how's it going? And of course, the lovely Nerd Bomber.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: And uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk to you about today. Uh, So we're going to be talking uh, about this big ninja news. And no, I don't mean like the samurai warriors, I mean like Ninja the streamer, uh, moving to Mixer. We're going to be talking about the E3 leak, um, uh, where they leaked a number of journalists' information, which was horrible. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about some recent Rocket League news and uh, be speculating about the Pokemon reveal, which is set to happen, I believe, tomorrow. So, good slate. Yep, it'll be tomorrow at 6 a.m. Now, is that Eastern time, Central time, European time, Japanese time? Pacific. Pacific time. You heard it here first. Uh, Also, fun thing, this is the first ever Online Warriors recording where all three hosts have been in the same room. So take from that what you will. Uh, You're probably going to notice a lot crisper audio quality, Uh, maybe uh, some better rhythm. We'll see. Uh, Maybe we're promising too much, but um, let's let's dive right into it. And let's talk about Ninja. So for those of you who don't know, Ninja, his real name is apparently Tyler, which I'm learning that now just reading this. Um, Ninja is the biggest name in Fortnite streaming. And until I think four or five days ago, he has been streaming on Twitch, uh, which is that big streaming service for Let's Plays that essentially has the market cornered. But uh, right now Microsoft is looking to get in the game with their fledgling competing service called mixer and essentially they entice ninja with a extremely large amount of money and he has switched over um, and he already has a million subscribers so uh, great day for him great day for Microsoft probably not a great day for twitch um, and I guess I just want to ask you guys have you what's your twitch usage like because for me it's like it's very low
1: I used to be on Twitch quite a bit. I used to basically go there when I wanted to see what new games looked like, and I didn't want to watch an entire Let's Play, but just see how people interact with the game, play with it, like what kind of play style the game entails. Um, I don't really watch Twitch that extensively. I will say that um, I've heard a lot over the last few years that Twitch has kind of gone downhill. There's been a lot of different rules and regulations that they implement but they are not consistent about it and a lot of people have just been kind of not happy with the way Twitch has been running lately um, Mixer is a newer platform. I know it used to be called Beam and then Microsoft acquired them and changed the name over to Mixer. They've really integrated it really closely with the Xbox system. Like, I know they made it super easy to stream from your Xbox. And I'm pretty sure even like the lag time between like your actual gameplay and what shows up on the stream is a lot smaller than what you get on twitch so it's superior in terms of the technology behind the system but overall it hasn't really taken off as much as twitch has and i think ninja has become one of the biggest streamers on mixer pretty much overnight
2: so i'm kind of on the same level with uh, my twitch usage as well as you nerd bomber but i want to ask you the question why specifically do you think they want after him
1: Well, I think this isn't the first streamer that Mixer has gone after. I've seen in the news there was one other streamer. um, I don't remember. I think it was like Stallion, something, something, some number. And he was actually a really big achievement hunter. And so they went after him and gave him a contract for Mixer exclusivity. But I think this is their way to get big names um, and not have to wait for them to become homegrown. And I mean, it obviously is working. I know that uh, Ninja's stream already eclipsed the amount of viewers in one stream that he ever had on Twitch, and I don't know if it was just the buzz behind it or the popularity, but I also know that um, Ninja actually started his professional gaming career as a Halo 3 player, and I'm wondering and speculating and I have no basis for this, but I wonder if this is Microsoft's play considering that there's a new halo game coming out very soon and it's going to launch with the new Xbox console. I'm wondering if they're going to have him pivot at some point to playing halo since he is the biggest streamer at the moment to basically advertise the game and build up hype around the game and keep it all in the same ecosystem.
0: So, I mean, it, no matter how you slice it, it's a huge win for Mixer, uh, if only from, you know, from from my perspective, I did not know what Mixer was. I had literally never heard of it until, like, I don't know, half an hour to an hour ago. Um, and it's apparently been around since 2017, uh, as was mentioned by Nerd Bomber. It had a different name before then. It was called Beam. But, I mean, Ninja is at this point becoming a household name. Like, I have never watched, I don't think I've ever watched a Let's Play for more than a few minutes I've never really done it purposely. I've certainly never watched any Fortnite Let's Plays. I've never played Fortnite. But pretty much everyone at this point knows who Ninja is. And like outside of maybe PewDiePie, like there's no streamer who has more notoriety than he does. So no matter how you slice it, it's a humongous win for uh, Microsoft. And I don't know off the top of my head how much money they gave uh, Ninja to kind of move over to Mixer exclusively, but... It has to be quite a bit. And, you know, this guy is already living the dream. He's made millions of dollars. Uh, He's going on Ellen this week. So if you're an Ellen fan, check out (laughs) Ninja on Ellen. Um, But just, you know, imagine this. Imagine living your dream. Well, supposedly living your dream, playing video games for however long per day and making millions. It's really a true success story.
1: Honestly, too. And The thing that was interesting was that this kind of came out of the blue, and the way they announced this is that Ninja basically posted on his Twitter a video that announced that he was going to Mixer exclusively, and I think that was a heck of a marketing scheme because it caught a lot of people by surprise, and there was hype generated in and of itself, the fact that this was something that totally came out of the blue. So I think... In general, good marketing scheme, good plan by Mixer, and even there were a bunch of people on the internet criticizing Ninja for basically being a quote-unquote sellout, moving from the platform that he started on and going over to Mixer. And he said that the reason he did it was to go back to his roots, but I mean, obviously the contract plays a huge part in that. But wouldn't you take that money, too?
2: I really, really like what your speculation is. I really hope go back to his roots means exactly what you had alluded to, that there might be new Halo content. You know me, I'm a huge Halo fanboy. And as they say, I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it's... I'm just, I'm still stuck here just thinking about how wild it would be to be paid this much money to do this. I mean, this is kind of in keeping right with... With the way esports are these days, and especially with games like League of Legends, and and as we've mentioned with Ninja Fortnite, where these these guys are being paid, you know, however much money we're, we're getting into the millions at this point, and they're be giving being given actual contracts, just like professional athletes, to play these games, and I, I guess perform at a level at or above the best players in the world. So we're seeing what I think is a continued transition towards um video games being taken very very seriously by a lot of people so um it's certainly cool i i too am i i don't really get fortnite and I, I i'm trying to remember if we've talked about this in a past episode as i watch fortnite i never played it but as i watch it i don't get it i feel like i wouldn't be very good at it and i don't get why it's such a big deal halo when i play halo i completely get it i know why it's a big deal i understand the skill involved and I don't know. It's easier for me, for better or for worse, to justify someone getting paid a bunch of money to play Halo than getting paid a bunch of money to play Fortnite. But so maybe have, I'm alone. On have that.
1: you ever tried to play Fortnite?
0: Not a single time. I know that it involves I mean it's it's basically a shooter with the added element of you're also building stuff at the same time, right? So in theory it might actually be more difficult. It just seems a heck of a lot goofier, but I don't know. I guess if 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 I want to watch people get paid you know, gobs of money to be playing a video game, I want the video game to be like, to take itself more seriously. But maybe that's just an unreasonable thing. And it doesn't seem like many other people feel that way.
1: I mean, I will say Fortnite is super difficult. If you do try to play it, I can't multitask that way. Um, I don't know if it's just like me and as, as an adult, I don't have the reflexes needed to switch my brain back and forth between building something and shooting at things, especially when there's like, Fifty other people trying to gun you down, so it is really difficult. And the skill level required to play at a high level is pretty. The bar is pretty high. But I do agree that there's something to be said about the more realistic type games like Halo and stuff like that. It's just a little bit more interesting to watch, in my opinion.
2: So, kind of a segue to that. When do you think we're going to move into V R E sports but I like the sound of re-sports better.
1: I mean, you've already got games like Firewall Zero Hour that are trying to implement the first-person shooter, tactical shooter, kind of like a, a Counter-Strike-type game or Rainbow Six in terms of like VR on the PSVR. And I think that's actually pretty popular. Personally, though, I think that's kind of hampered by the state of VR in general because the graphics are not consistent across the board. It's very dependent on how well your system can run and what kind of hardware you're operating on. And overall, I just don't think we're there yet. I'm sure as technology progresses, it will be very like a very up and coming arena, um especially when you think about like a futuristic movie or something like that where they have the VR headset and then they're controlling like bots or something on a field. I Ready could see player that bec- one, yeah, pretty much something like that. I could see that becoming big,
0: yeah. I mean, what I envision and like, What I think would be super cool is essentially, you know, this eSports thing is eventually going to get more physical and eventually it's probably going to become something that looks like paintball, but everyone's running around with VR headsets and they're still shooting at each other, but they're shooting with guns that aren't there. They're shooting, you know, they're not shooting paintballs, so nothing hurts. It's just people running around in a place with headsets and, you know, then I I think things get even more interesting, but that could be many, many years off for all I know.
1: I mean, I could even see that becoming big in terms of like something to replace NASCAR. And I know that's really difficult to do because there's nothing quite like being at a NASCAR race in person. And I, I, I honestly don't know this from experience, but I know my uncle is a huge NASCAR fan and he says there's nothing like being in a stadium where you just feel the rumble of the cars. But I could see them replacing the human drivers in the actual car where they spin out and there's a lot of injuries. I mean, if there's some kind of like VR like control over those cars, you could still basically have a NASCAR race, but eliminate the potential for injury and death and stuff like that.
2: I mean, we have military drones. It's not far from the possibilities of what we got today. I like where your head's at.
0: Do we have robot pit crews in this scenario?
1: I mean, I think there would be, but you wouldn't even really need robot pit crews. You could still have humans. Cause honestly, like you never hear about the pit crew guys getting super injured. Like they're not really in the line of harm.
2: I still want them and I want them to all be French mini cars like in the movie cars. Those guys are great.
0: I think where to kind of settle in on this and to come full circle, I think when we know we've hit peak video game existence is when Ninja, who by this point will probably be like 50 or something. uh, When Ninja becomes an actual Ninja and he's like wearing a VR suit, but he's doing Ninja stuff. That's when we know we've peaked. And then, your gamer tag actually becomes like what you like to do in this VR competitive esports world. So like I would be hmm, what would I be? A thief. Yeah, I could be a thief. There I mean, a a thieving game set in that world of VR but you're in an actual place like it sounds super cool. Um I think that's where we're headed. And I imagine that once we get there, it's going to be talked about at E3. Uh, And that's a crappy segue to our next topic. So uh, this just broke today. Um, Apparently, a massive database of video game journalists, YouTubers, and streamers uh, was leaked, um, essentially uh, because it had been collected for uh, the Entertainment Software Association, who puts on E3. Um, It looks like it's just a spreadsheet. So there's uh, something like 2,000... uh, sets of personal information. And we're talking addresses, emails, and phone numbers here. So not like, you know, your bank account number, but certainly enough for, for, um, you to garner some unwanted attention. If people don't like what you say, um, they essentially leaked on a public page, uh, on the entertainment software association's website. So, um, it started going around and, uh, yeah, not, not great at all. No one likes to be doxxed. Um, you know, uh, We go to certain lengths ourselves to make sure that you don't know exactly where to find us. So um, not a great day for any of the E3 folks.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really massive breach of security, especially because this is, I mean, I think the, the leaks were all members of the media. And obviously those are the people who are getting the most attention Um, out of e3 or in the gaming industry and as we all know not everyone in the gaming industry although we love most of the people in the gaming community not everyone is very nice there are some hostile people out there i mean we always hear about streamers getting swatted which is terrifying Um, even like people who get stalked and like they might not even Like dislike you, but they might be obsessed with you and stalk you. Too many weird things can happen if your public information is out there. And I think that's a huge breach, both in confidence and I don't know, just security. I mean, would you trust as either a reporter or even just a regular Joe, would you trust giving your information to the E3 organization again?
2: Do you think that this is going to drive journalists to be more reserved, I guess, and less aggressive when they're trying to obtain their information?
0: Well, I think it, what it might do is it might give journalists pause about, like you said, Nerd bomber like giving, you know, giving the E3 folks their information, knowing that it's apparently not all that safe. And, and, you know, to tack onto that, like the harassment has apparently already begun. Um, one journalist who wishes to remain anonymous started getting unknown caller calls around three in the morning, and they said that, that two of their coworkers from the same outlet have also re- received strange calls. Uh, Craigslist posts have started showing up that I can't even repeat the details of them. Um, but yeah, it's really not great. So, um, And it actually turns out that um, this information has been out on their website for at least three months, and people just haven't noticed it. So um, a pretty long time for a pretty major breach to be taking place. Um, So, yeah, pretty, pretty shocking stuff.
1: Do you think this would be grounds for uh, the group of basically media journalists to organize against E3? Like, do you think there's grounds? I, I don't know enough about legal stuff. But do you think they have some kind of like to stand on in terms of suing the E3 organization and getting some kind of like reparations for their information being out there in the world? Because I mean, once that stuff is out, you can never get it back unless you're moving and changing your phone number and changing your workplace in some instances. Like once it's out, it's out. A leak is a leak.
2: So on any cards I've seen where you fill out your email name and it usually says this won't be shared, blah ba. Um but I don't know if this, this isn't like a giveaway prize thing. So I don't know if they were either not covered or, I'm talking about the journals, either not covered or it's kind of a free information thing.
0: I, I My guess is that E3 has got some fine print in place somewhere to keep any lawsuits from happening. Um, if I were the journalist, I would certainly try. Um, but, you know, all E3 has really done at this point is uh, they've released a statement saying, we're sorry, it won't happen again, but I don't know in this instance if if that cuts the mustard. I mean, you know, we just recently heard about the Equifax thing, which I know is a totally different thing. There's financial information involved there, but there were however many millions of people affected, and now yeah, uh, I actually know someone who was affected, and you can file to get like 175 bucks or something, but now it's turning out that so many people are filing that they can't give away that much because it's a set amount of money and it's a class action. So it depends on how many people file for it. Um, Certainly nothing like that will happen here. I don't know what they would sue for and what grounds they would have, but it's certainly super scary at the very least.
1: It's just crazy to me. And I mean, there was something that also just released Cafe Press, I believe was the website where they also had a data breach. And I think this just begs the question of how secure is our online data as a whole? Because I feel like every six months you hear about some new massive data breach where your either email address or your password or your tax and credit information is out and loosed in the world. How concerned are you guys about where you put your data?
0: Uh, not concerned enough. I'm like, like I think for me and maybe this is me outing myself and making myself vulnerable to all the listeners, but I, I'm trying to think, I mean, I have probably double digits number of online accounts in certain places, but I have maybe three to four passwords, uh, that are essentially recycled. So like there are certain passwords that I have that if you learn it, you have access to at least four different things, which is extremely dangerous. Um, I know that, uh, discover, I'm a discover member, shout out to discover card. Uh, they will occasionally send you emails that have like a subject line called like fraud alert because they're on the lookout for fraud all the time. There was that one commercial at one point that they made it sound like he was saying frog and it was really funny, but it's not funny cause it's fraud. Um, and they send you an email and it's the most jerk thing to do. They send you an email that says, uh, fraud alerts on your account or something, but then you click the email and it says no fraud alerts on your account this month. And it's incredibly aggravating. So uh yeah, I mean I should be on the lookout more than I am for it, but uh I'm not, I guess is my is my short answer.
1: Yeah, I mean I've definitely, I'm not quite like you. Like, I have a bunch of different passwords for a bunch of different things, and I try to diversify what I use where. But it almost feels like an inevitab- inevitability at this point, um, where my information has got to have been leaked somewhere. Maybe it's just not been out there yet. For the most part, uh, the only things that I'm really concerned about is like my credit card information or like. I don't think I've put my social security number out there on the internet besides maybe like a credit check system. But other than that, like if if you want my password and you want to see the crazy stupid stuff I post on social media have at it. There's not a whole lot. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot you can do with that information, but ultimately, my passwords are so out there that good luck with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will say that to any hackers out there who are like now seeing me as a juicy target, Even if you manage to hack me, you're not going to get much out of it. You're going to get, like, pictures of cats, uh, a shockingly low amount of money. And, uh, yeah, it's going to feel too easy, too. There's not going to really be any sense of gratification surrounding it. But, um, yeah. Tactic, what about you?
2: I'm not jumping on this bandwagon. (laughs) I'm way too paranoid about everything on the internet.
0: So you don't even want to say how secure you think you are. Cause you think that will make you less secure. Yes.
1: So you're not concerned about your identity anywhere online. Like you're like, it's not even just like a passing concern. Forget how secure you are. Like, are you worried about it in general?
0: She's going to make you say, so you have to say something.
2: I am terrified about it. And that's why I refuse to say anything about it.
1: Okay. Fair enough.
0: So, uh, for, for tactics, um, Uh, you know, to reduce his anxiety, let's, let's move on. And uh, let's, let's uh, shout out our good friend, our Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Checkness. Uh, So Ben is a supporter of ours on Patreon and he supports us at the night level, uh, which is the highest of three levels. And um, as a result, he becomes one of our producers. And um, there are a lot of perks uh, associated with being a producer. For one, you get a shout out just like this every episode. Uh, For another, uh, you get uh, some input into our show, hence the term producer. Um, And you get to uh, essentially decide for us what game we're going to be playing at the end of every episode. So Ben has input on that every week. This week he has selected taco trivia. So we're very excited for that and um ben also as a as a night level supporter gets access to our monthly secret segments and vlogs um Which you also get uh, access to the monthly secret segments and vlogs if you support us at the night level, which is the second highest level. And then finally, the lowest level is the page level, which gives you access to the secret segments, but not the vlogs. So um, if you like what you hear, if you like what we do, uh, we would love for you guys to support us on Patreon, um, just like our good friend Ben does. And I believe we actually have a new Patreon supporter this week.
1: Yes, we do. We have a brand new page level subscriber. Um, so this is his first week after the subscription on patreon so shout out to Wondersoul. thank you very much for your support uh, we hope you enjoy the bonus content uh, wonder soul is also one of our fellow podcasting friends so really appreciate the support that you give not only on our patreon but just in general great tips and tricks that you give us on twitter great support fantastic um, that said also want to take a moment to talk to you guys about PodCoin. And if you guys haven't heard by now, we talk about PodCoin pretty much every week. It is an app that allows you to earn money for listening to podcasts. And you can get this app on both iPhone and Android. And for every minute that you listen to a podcast, you get one free PodCoin. And as you earn PodCoins, you can put it towards gift cards and donate to charity. So super fun. Check it out.
0: Right on. Uh, so let's, let's dive back into things here. And um, let's talk about one of Nerd Bombers, uh, I think one of her favorite games, at least recently. And let's talk about Rocket League. Um, Rocket League just hit the news uh, because they're apparently uh, banning loot crates, correct?
1: Yes, that is correct. So uh, a big change is coming to Rocket League. If you guys did not know, uh, Rocket League was recently purchased by Epic Games. And much like they did in their game Fortnite, they are going to remove all loot crates from their game at the end of the year. So I don't know about you guys, I know Tactic is very much into crates as I am. Um, This is a big change for the game because basically since the game's inception, the main way that you would get rare decals and new car bodies and stuff like that is that you would earn crates the longer that you played online. And then you would have to buy keys or you would earn decryptor keys to open these crates. And it would basically be like a random, randomly generated prize. So basically a lot like gambling. Um, so now they're going to be moving to a new system where instead... Um, you'll be able to buy the exact items that you want. If you have crates already, they're going to convert to something where you can see the exact item that you'll be getting in advance. I'm not 100% sure what they'll be doing with keys if you already have them, although keys can also currently be used to buy into the Rocket Pass, which is a lot like Fortnite, um, where you buy a rocket pass for the season and then you unlock items whether it's decals or new car bodies the more that you play so it's based more on experience points that you get than it is just shelling out money for keys to randomly potentially get something and though there's been a couple different reactions that I've seen on the internet one is um, people who are against loot boxes and sinking money into keys and not necessarily knowing that you're going to get something good Um, those people are very excited about this change But then there are a lot of other people who are very heavily invested in the trading community. Um, There are actually apps and stuff where people are selling items that they get in loot crates that are rare and making like real life money and profit off of them who are not super happy about this change.
2: So what are you going to do with all of your unopened crates? Are you going to wait it out to see if you get something good or are you going to buy keys like a madman?
1: I think I'm probably going to wait it out because I eventually got into the point where I realized it was a waste of money for me to pay money to not necessarily get something good. Um, I was getting a lot of decals for cars that I don't even use. And then eventually I went the route where I would spend real life money instead of keys and just pay people who play the game a lot to get the car that I wanted or the decal that I wanted and just kind of cut out all of the stupid random generated stuff.
0: So, okay, a couple of questions as a relatively uninitiated guy here. Uh, one, how many of these crates do you have? It sounds like you're making it sound like you have quite a few.
1: So you earn crates the more that you play the game. And there is a bunch of different types of crates. They were they were cycling through like every season, they would introduce a new crate with new contents and decals and cars. And when I stopped opening crates and when I stopped trading and really getting into that trading community, um, I obviously just started acquiring crates and not doing anything with them. So I would say I probably have upwards of 50 crates laying in my inventory. And honestly, I probably could have sold them for something while I had the chance, but I was too lazy and it wasn't worth it to me. So at this point, I'm almost definitely going to just let them sit there and convert into an item.
2: Well, knowing that they're going to open into something for virtually free, they might be worth more up towards the end of the year.
1: Well, I don't. So they're going to show you what's in them, but I don't think you get to unlock them unless you use a key. They haven't totally specified, but it sounded like you're still going to have to pay to open it. So you'll just see which item of the crate you'll be getting. So they'll take out the randomness of it. You'll just see exactly what item it is and if you want to unlock it.
2: But it's going to be the flat key price as opposed to the item price
1: they haven't given those details at least as far as i could tell
0: so okay so was this a uh, a change that was spurred by because like I, I mean we all remember the battlefront 2 thing and like people there's a lot of hate going around for loot crates right now is that what this is or it was it was a con- conversely epic realizing we're not making enough money from this loot box thing let's change it up do you know
1: I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I know loot crates have gotten a lot of flack, as you mentioned. They're really becoming under scrutiny. A lot of countries are looking to see whether they're even legal or whether they need to be put behind like an age cap. But I also think some of it has to do with now that um, Psionics sold Rocket League to Epic, Fortnite is raking bucket loads of cash in through their Battle Pass, which is basically what Rocket Pass started to adapt or Rocket League started to adapt through the Rocket Pass, and. It seems a little bit more straightforward, more upfront. You know what you're getting. It's really, you're paying for access to potentially put the work in to get the prizes. And I mean, Fortnite's not slowing down in terms of how much money they're raking in. So I think Epic Games just sees this as an opportunity to switch to that model. People seem to love it. Um, I know there's still that big trading and selling community, but then you also remove um, that whole like black, quote unquote, black market. Dealings behind the scenes where Epic doesn't get any money from that. If people are selling items to trade, they don't see any cut of that profit. So I think moving to like a solely Rocket Pass powered system for people to buy stuff or just allowing people to buy things directly from them is cutting out that middleman and putting more profit and stuff directly into the pocket of Epic Games.
2: Which I find to be a shame. One of my favorite subreddits was... Um, r slash rocket league exchange which the community was fantastic people who wanted item a would easily be able to exchange it for item b everyone was friendly and everyone not only was friendly but gave each other helpful playing tips and it was just a fantastic community i feel like moving to this new system we're going to lose that
1: I don't know if you'll lose it completely. Um, I think that will still exist because people will still earn things through Rocket Pass that they might not necessarily want. And so they might be able to trade multiple things to someone else. Because you can also, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to keep their upgrade system where if you have like five or six items at a certain level, you can upgrade and cash them all in to like take your chance and see what you might get at the next tier up of like decal or prize. So I don't think that will go away completely, but I, I do agree that it'll be kind of sad to see that economy go, because just from like a nerd perspective, it was interesting to see that whole economy built on random luck and generation rarity. It was just interesting to see that whole thing function.
0: So I, I, it sounds like you essentially just said uh, where you stand on this, but you know, as a fan, how do you feel about this move in general? Is it going to stop you? Is it going to get you more into it i don't know how much thrill you derive from the randomness of the crates
1: so weirdly enough it did drive a lot of my play early on because i wasn't very good at the game so as i was learning how to play rocket league one of the things that kept me motivated and kept me going is well if i suck at least i can have a car that looks pretty and so like i would play to get stupid prizes and then the better i got the crates stopped becoming important because if I really wanted a decal or something or a different car body, I would just go out and buy it and it would always be under $5. And so it never felt like a big investment to get the car body that I wanted. And so this isn't going to impact me personally because now instead of paying someone on the internet to give me the car body I want, I can just pay Epic and it's really no different for me. Um... But I'm sure this will impact a lot of people because, I mean, there are people stuck in that gameplay loop where they love crates. And there, I mean, there is a thrill to opening a crate. Every time you open something, it's the same thrill you get when you pull the lever on a slot machine. You don't know what you're going to get and it's fun.
0: Yeah, see, I I actually, I have somehow managed to not really, like, I, I don't have, I shouldn't say I don't, I do it on Battlefront 2, but I haven't played it nearly enough to experience uh, the whole loot crate thing and i think they undid a lot of it after all the backlash but i i don't have much experience with the whole loot crate system i don't play many games that that really feature that very heavily so i don't know how i would react to it but my gut tells me that boy i would fall victim to it brutally i would be i don't want to say i would become addicted to it but like i'm sure i would derive quite a bit of enjoyment out of it so
1: It's definitely, it's one of those things where you get into this gameplay loop of, oh my gosh, because crates also used to be rare back in the day, and maybe that'll age me as a Rocket League player, but you used to have to work harder and play for longer to get a crate. And so then when you would get a crate, you'd be like, oh man, maybe this is my chance to get that cool, exotic black market decal that I want. And then you would open it and you would have this like intense moment of hope just for your hopes to be dashed when you would get a freaking breakout decal that no one ever wants. And so it was like this weird, like excitement and severe disappointment up and down. And then crates started becoming more more prolific because I think they thought it was a great idea to sell more keys, which it was. People did it. But I mean, eventually, I think no matter what game you're playing, you get to a point where you're going to look for alternatives to break that disappointment cycle because you're just wasting money when you can just buy exactly what you want.
0: Sounds about right. Um, what's... Yeah, I mean, I I would fall victim to that for sure. Just hearing you talk about it, I can't even imagine how excited I would get. Well,
2: I have one more question. So one thing that we've noticed as we've broken back into collecting Pokemon cards is that pretty much every booster pack you get has a holographic on it. In other words, if they want the super rare black market decal, they can now just buy the super rare black market decal. It no longer has its difficulty of getting. Um Uh Does that ruin it for people? Or back in your and my day, when you'd get, you know, exclusively elemental the five the energy cards, and we you'd be lucky if you got a ratatat in your in your deck. And now it's just super easy. Does that ruin it for you? Or
1: it cheapens it a little bit, but at the same time. Ultimately, Rocket League comes down more to playing the game and Pokemon cards and something like that where you're collecting solely to collect, because for the most part, if you're really building a deck, you're going to be targeting specific cards and you'll be buying it. You won't necessarily be opening booster packs. So for that, you're buying booster packs for the thrill of maybe I'll get it. And it's more a collector type thing. Whereas Rocket League, the, the skins, the cars, the decals, all that kind of stuff that's secondary to the gameplay. So I think it ultimately doesn't matter that much because it doesn't enhance a whole lot. It's just like, oh, hey, this is kind of pretty at the end scene because half the black market decals that I've ever had, and for those of you who don't know Rocket League that well, the black market decals are the animated ones that are like shimmery and shiny. When you're actually playing the game, you rarely even see it. It's just that end screen. If you win and your car is displayed as the winner, that's when you see the decal. So for that 30 seconds, honestly, you're not losing a whole whole lot. It's really not that big of a deal.
0: I mean, so fact that you did find for me like that sounds like my closest point of contact with the whole loot crate thing and that that was a good parallel that i i think that you drew to like when you were a kid and you would get a pokemon booster pack and you would get excited to open up and see what was in it the excitement of just buying a pack that you know what the cards are going to be it's not the same so um I guess I'll be curious to see how this works out for Epic, how this works out for Rocket League, as they move to, uh, as you mentioned, this this like Rocket Pass kind of thing. Um, but on the subject of Pokemon, uh, we also want to talk a little bit about the reveal tomorrow at 6 a.m. Pacific time.
2: So, so far we've seen gigantic Pokemon, we've seen new Pokemon, we've seen the new gym styles... There's supposedly another reveal tomorrow, and I'd like to take the time to speculate on what it may or may not be. So me personally, there's two things that I'm looking forward to. I want to see if the fire type is firefighting. Everyone's wondering it. It's a bunny. It's got a Band-Aid on its face like a fighter would. Is it firefighting? Are they going to continue to exhaust that option? And maybe we'll see the final evolutions and finally be able to put that to bed. The other thing that I would like to know is who is the third legendary? Every single game that they've had, they always have this surprise third legendary. So I think with a sword and a shield, you got to have a lance.
1: Honestly, I'm not super sure. I think and if it ends up being a lance, I'll probably end up eating my words. But that would be such a lame legendary Pokemon i'm sorry
2: it would be a bro it'd be it'd be pokemon lance bro
1: they already had a gym leader named lance
2: and he was a bro i guess so but anyway so then what uh what middle form or kind of what mm, i guess we'll call it english british weaponry do you think it would be then if not a lance
1: I think it would be interesting if they had a mace or if it was something completely unrelated, just some random non-weaponry related legendary from knighthood. Um, I, I, I honestly, I don't know. I haven't thought about this too heavily. I, I know that the information will be in my grasp probably by the time you are all are listening to this, so I'm sure I can just wait and see.
2: Either way, I'm most excited for these two things. I really want to see the evolutionary forms, and I don't want to see firefighting. I want to see, like, fire fairy or something fun and new.
0: So, wait, let me get this straight. You can see a picture of this bunny, and you don't know what it does, and that's what you want to know.
2: No. They started off with three base types, water, fire, plant, and they're alluding to some kind of a combination, and they said that there's going to be an announcement tomorrow, but they didn't say what it was, and I really want to know. But we can leave this topic for the side for now and move on to our next topic.
0: So tune in next week for Tactics' further thoughts on what will then be the revealed Pokemon. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not much Pokemon guy myself, so I was on the sidelines for that one. But um, let's kick things uh, around the news and into our personal news in our weekly what are you up to Wednesday segment and for starters I will kick it over to the nerd bomber
1: all right so this week actually marked the end of my summer softball league and every summer I play softball with a group of friends and coworkers. and I'll be honest this year was pretty brutal I know a couple of you actually listened to the podcast so it was a fun season but it was rough Um, we had three wins on the season and seven losses new record. Yeah, it, it was better than we did last year, but it was it was pretty rough. We had some people who had never really played softball before, and they actually made some pretty great strides. So from a personal achievement perspective, there was a lot of good personal achievements that occurred over the season. But overall, I think we were all just kind of happy to be done this year because it's rough to be pummeled every week. So we had a great little celebration at the end of the season, went out and got some food, got some great greasy bar food, and had some beers. And this kind of frees up my nights once a week because it was a wonderful outdoor activity for us, but it it was something that was always on my plate every week. And it'll just be nice to have that night back, maybe do some other things. We'll see.
2: Fun fact, did you know that you get more power behind your swing if you step into it?
1: as i said some of our players had not really played softball previously in the past and they made some great personal strides throughout the season so
0: so so three and seven you said uh first of all not bad uh second of all where does that rank among the rest of the teams you might have said this
1: so we weren't the last place team
0: that's what that's all i needed to hear so you, you you guys are good is what i'm hearing
1: the, the only problem is that there is a team that we played and we mercyed them like and if you don't know sports that well, if you mercy a team, that means that you have beat them so badly that the umpire calls the game because the score is so drastically different that the other team cannot possibly hope to come back and beat you. So we mercyed this team once. And then they were the worst team in the league. They had literally never won a game. And somehow by the end of the season, we had collapsed into ourselves as a team and we lost badly and got mercyed by them. So that, that was not our shining moment. It was real bad.
0: Wait, you mercied a team and they mercyed you back later?
1: Yeah, so we basically exchanged losses. Mercy. That's,
0: wow. They're going to make a 30 for 30 about that down the road, I would imagine.
1: It it was tough, but so the one thing that I will say is that at some point in the season people started getting a little upset that we were losing all the time. And I will admit, it gets rough from a morale perspective. And as as the captain of the team, we had to rally the troops. And if you guys are ever in a position where people are not having much fun, I will say bring a speaker and pump some jams because it turns the mood around so much. Like if people are, if you're losing, but people can come back to the bench and jam and listen to some like solid power thousands hits, you know, it really turns that frown upside down.
0: When you said speaker, I thought you meant like bring like a motivational speaker, but you mean music.
1: That could probably work too. Next year, I'll have to try that if we play again. Although I will say it might be difficult to get some of our players back. Some of them were not very, um, they were not entertained this season. So we'll see if we can even assemble a team for next year.
0: Yeah, I captained a intramural volleyball team. So I know the challenges, especially when it comes to, uh, not winning and trying to keep morale high it's incredibly challenging so
1: ironically maybe i should be playing volleyball because once upon a time when i was in college we played intramural volleyball and i assembled a team of misfits none of us had played volleyball before and somehow we won the intramural volleyball league i was mr t were you you were on the team yeah you were
2: yeah it was that was an a team reference
1: (laughs) i honestly that was so long ago i honestly can't Remember anything besides the fact that we made the playoffs, and in the final game, where it was all or nothing, this is a championship game, I was sticking my hand stupidly in the hinge area of a big metal dorm door, and someone closed the door on my finger, and it hurt a lot, and it actually broke my finger. So that ruined a lot for me because I could not play in the championship game. I also was in a self-defense course because I needed to take an extra credit and I was not allowed to pummel the red man. You know, the big guy dressed in pads that they let you beat up at the end of the year. I was super pumped for that and they would not let me do it because I had a broken finger. So that kind of stunk.
0: Which finger was it?
1: It was the ring finger on the non-ring finger hand. Oh, you don't need that. Apparently you, you do if it's in a, if it's in a splint they don't let you play cuz it's a it's a liability issue and they don't want you to get hurt
0: i suppose the splint would have gotten in the way uh well uh congrats on your uh completed softball season uh hopefully it was at least somewhat successful uh tactic what do you got for us
2: so i had a vitamin d f- filled uh weekend and by that i mean nonstop sunlight
1: vitamin d
2: Calm down there, ladies. Um, or men. I don't know. Um, so anyway, we, we went to a baseball game and watched our local team get absolutely blown out of the water, which was fun. But the sun was shining and I was having a good time. And then another fun thing is every year we have a festival surrounded by celebrating the harvest. Um, and my goodness, it is a riot. All the fried food you can eat, giant pizza and vegetables, really.
1: Yeah, basically all of the agricultural products that you can think of for whatever reason, we like to celebrate it. So they dip it in fried stuff. They dip it in butter. You eat it. You feel not so great. It's a good time.
0: So for those who are Parks and Rec Rec fans who are listening, uh, they're they're talking about the Harvest Festival. They live in Pawnee, Indiana, uh, which is actually a fictional place. But um, yeah, I mean it's it's fair season. Uh, you know, county fairs are all about eating disgusting fried foods. Let's let's do a quick roundtable favorite fried food that you can get at the state county fair Harvest Festival, whichever you want.
1: Hands down for me. Lately, deep fried taco. And I I would have said fried dough if you take me back like five years, but the deep fried taco has wormed its way into my heart and it's probably my favorite fried food to eat.
2: So my favorite fair food, I usually get the Euros, honestly. I don't know why. They're not a big fried food. So if if I'm going to talk about fried exclusivity, it's going to be the dessert and it's going to be the fried Oreos.
0: So, okay, so you kind of stole my answer, but I'm going to give you my most favorite fried food and my least favorite fried food. My most favorite fried food is two deep fried Oreos. My least favorite fried food is three or more deep fried Oreos because when I eat more than two, my entire body shuts down. Um, I think in a good way, but it's kind of hard to tell.
2: My favorite other food to eat is Zantac when this is all going on.
1: Actually, there was a food festival that we attended recently, and they were handing out little packets of to-go Tums, and I thought that was the most clever thing. Like, honestly, every fair... What a time
2: to be alive.
1: Like, every fair should have it, just little Tums dispensers, because honestly, you're eating that kind of food, you're going to need it. Even if you have a good digestive system, you probably need the Tums.
0: I'm headed to a a county fair this coming... Well, tomorrow, actually, this week, Uh, so... I will report back on my culinary adventures, uh, next week. As for this week, um, I have been, well, I've been traveling. That's, uh, I am here with, uh, Technic and Nurnbomber for one thing. Uh, Yo. yeah, they're, they're both here. they we're all three of us are still here. Uh, I was traveling home initially for a wedding, um, which is always fun. I was in the wedding party on the bride side of the wedding party, which is always an absolute joy, um, when you are a man on the bride side of a wedding party, expectations could not be lower. Um, they're, essentially, they're happy if you just show up. Uh, I suppose it's a product of years of uh, laziness and nonchalance toward, towards weddings um, by men. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed that. And I also wanted to uh, shout out slash recommend a show that I recently started watching on Netflix called Blown Away now blown away is a reality competition show but don't be alarmed um first of all it's only they're only 20 minute episodes so shorter than you know you're chopped or you're uh, well shorter than most reality competition shows i guess and second of all uh it's cl- competitive glass blowing so it's like super cool to watch they don't really explain the process of glass blowing very much which turns me off because i was hoping that that's what i was going to get out of it but um you get to see a lot of cool things be made and you get to see a lot of glass breaking. So if you're into that kind of thing, uh then you're really gonna love it. So uh blown away on Netflix. Um yeah.
2: Is it going to encourage you to go to a glass blowing seminar slash class?
0: There is no way I would ever do that because I would immediately hurt myself. Either burn myself, cut myself, uh trip over stuff. I mean, if you see this show, like they're working in this giant workshop just literally surrounded by open flames. Everyone's sweating. It looks like a very stressful environment. And um, I'm sure even in a classroom setting, I would probably just not, first of all, not be great at it. I, I tend to get like very involved emotionally in any art projects. And I'm talking about like high school and middle school, cause I don't really dabble much in art anymore. But when I had to like make a sculpture, I would be working on it and I would be loving how it was looking. And then I would make one mistake and the world would end. So I don't think glass building would necessarily be for me, but it's really entertaining to watch. Um, it's better than there's another show that I'm trying to remember if I shouted this out on the podcast before it's called awake. It's also another reality show on Netflix. And, uh, the entire premise of the show is they take like five people, they keep them awake for 24 hours. And during those 24 hours, they have to count quarters for the entire 24 hours. Then they bring them in and like make them do a bunch of like challenges and stuff. Like minute to minute stuff. They should call it woke.
1: I remember there used to be, so I was a big game show network watcher when I was a kid and I couldn't tell you why, but there was something similar to that. And I, I don't remember the name of the game show, but they did. They would like make you stay awake and then they would have another person who they would have sleep and then they would like wake them up on stage suddenly. So then you'd have like a really groggy person paired against someone who had been up All basically all the time, and pit them against each other.
0: It's like it's borderline cruel because like they they have them count all this money at the beginning, and then if they make it, if the contestants make it through to the end, they're like, okay, you've won this amount of money. You can double the money if you guess how many quarters you counted in the beginning, and if you're like if you're within like fifty bucks, we'll let you get we'll let you double your money, and if you're not within fifty bucks, you lose everything. And of course, people guess and they get it wrong because they're sleep deprived and it's. It's something special to watch. I don't recommend that one. I recommend Blown Away. Awake is kind of ridiculous, but if you like Ridiculous, then you'll probably like that.
1: Speaking of Blown Away, um, Illegal was blown away.
0: That's unfair.
1: By everyone else's results in Fantasy Movie League this week. Um, He forgot to set his lineup this week and had a dismal 14 million. Won't be the last time. For his Cineplex. Uh, I'll I'll just run down the, the weekly standings. So obviously, as per usual, or as per per most weeks, I am back in first place with a cool $66 million.
2: Do I get an obviously?
1: Unfortunately, no. Devin Reed 08 comes in second place, followed by Tectic and then Hipster Pop Geek, Spitfire 32, Mecha Yoda, and then Heck It's Tech. And then that's followed up by Illegal... Who's only trailed by questions? You're welcome. Who are our friends over at Dem Fancy, who just don't set their lineup. So props to you, Illegal for widening the gap. Yep. Uh, that puts the season rank. Um,
2: now I get in, obviously.
1: Yes, that, that drops you down to fifth place. Uh, I'm in first. Tectic is in second, followed closely by Devin Reed, who is hot on his heels um spitfire is about a hundred million away after that followed by illegal 86 and a lot of huge gaps here then we had some people who joined a little bit later on in the season including hipster pop geek mecca yoda and heck it's tech but you guys will have another chance to get involved and get in the higher rankings when the next season starts which should be after next week So look forward to that. It'll be fun times. If you guys are interested in joining in all the fun, uh, you basically pick a lineup of movies you think that will perform well each week. You can find us on fantasymovieleague.com. Search for the Online Warriors Podcast League. And our password is really clever, not very secure from what we were talking about earlier. Um, It is all lowercase, one word, podcast. So if you guys want to join us, we'd be happy to have you.
0: Does it ever get old winning repeatedly?
1: You know, not really. I wouldn't think so. I do, I do a fair amount of research, probably more research than anyone really should for Fantasy Movie League that has no consequences whatsoever. Um, but I guess on Thursdays, it just gives me something to do. I look up trajectories for movies and like projections, and then I just do stupid things.
2: So are you ready to win again?
1: I'm definitely ready to win again.
2: So let's go with that right into our quiz segment. So today's quiz is, all, as always, Price is Right style, and it's going to be taco-based trivia. So let's taco about it. <laughs> so the first question is, how many tacos do Americans eat in one year?
1: Who gets to go first on this one?
2: As always, ladies first.
1: All right. So is this the average American or like all Americans as a whole? Because that's a very big difference.
2: All Americans as a whole. How many tacos are eaten?
1: Okay. So assuming that there is Taco Tuesday every week and some people probably eat two or three tacos on Taco Tuesday. I, I got to Some people. Up.
0: I think everyone eats at least two tacos on Taco. It's Taco Tuesday.
1: Okay, I'm going to do an average of three because there might be some people out there who do four. So I'm going to do three times 52.
0: She actually has her calculator out right now for those who, well, we don't have a video version of this podcast, so you can't see. But yeah, she's going through the, the motions right now.
1: And man, I'm not going to say every American eats tacos every day, but I'm going to go with like a cool 100 million, maybe. Um.
0: <laughs> so you So you did some math on the calculator and then... You just picked a number.
1: No, Uh, 100 million people. So 100 million times 156 should be 156 billion tacos. Correct?
0: Um, Does that match that go? No. No, you have an extra zero.
1: Okay, 15.6 billion then.
0: Okay, that number is too high. I'm fairly confident. So I'm going to say... Four, no, nope. Uh, I'm going to say 300 million.
1: Okay, I just want to put this in perspective to you. The $5 taco box at Taco Bell, you get three tacos for $5. And I've seen people pack away two of those boxes in one sitting.
2: So you had the right um, billion, but you busted.
1: Are you serious? Oh, is it the four? Is it the point four?
0: It's 4.5 billion.
1: Oh, I was close. So based I on the
0: my... rules of Prices Right, I get the point, right?
1: That is correct. I liked my methodology, though. That was like a very solid methodology. I think I probably overestimated how many millions of Americans eat tacos. But it was solid, solid estimation.
2: All right. So our next question, and the unit is going to be feet. How long is the biggest taco ever made?
0: Okay. Uh, let me think about this. I think we're talking, oh man, I think we're talking close to a city block, 90 feet.
1: Okay, I'm going to go less than that because either tortilla or hard taco shell, I feel like that'll crumble. You know, they get too big, they get too crumbly, they won't be able to hold taco meat. So I'm going to say it's a 36 foot taco and I'm just pulling that number arbitrarily out of nowhere.
2: So you should have said 91. 91 feet because it is 246
0: feet long
1: so like did an entire town eat this taco like what how how is that even consumed like did you just like jump into it i don't think it was
0: made to be consumed i think it was made to prove a point
1: but what point are you proving that's just a waste of taco meat
2: so what i can tell you it was is it was filled with carnitas and (laughs) everyone loved it
0: (laughs) okay so people did eat it i mean i would assume
2: Yes. So the next question mm-hmm. When is National Taco Day?
1: I feel like this has to be an easy one. Cinco de Mayo, clearly.
0: That's exactly what they want you to think. Um, what is, also, what does busting mean on this question? Is it just whoever, I think we get to just do whoever is closest, because there's no bust, it goes around and around. So I'm going to call January 1st at zero. One i see okay okay uh oh man well in that case i feel like i should play the odds but i don't want to be that guy uh y- you know what i don't i will say i don't think it's cinco de mayo i think that's what they want you to think um i'm going to say i'm gonna say uh july 15th right in the middle
2: so you should have gone with illegal illegal As well, again, on this one, he's pretty much locked it in. Um, It is October 3rd
0: or 4th, depending on your source.
1: That's so arbitrary. Do we know why it's in October? Like, that just seems random.
0: Dia de los Muertos. No, I don't. That's probably not true.
1: But like, I don't know. When I think October, I think pumpkin spice lattes. I do not think taco spice lattes.
2: When I think 4.5 billion, I think any day can
0: be taco day. This is true. Most of us are thinking about tacos all the time.
2: All right, so let's try this one. When was the first taco
0: truck seen in America?
1: When did trucks even become into existence?
0: So I I go first on this one. You're asking the right questions. I feel like, um, <clears throat> and it's gonna be year. Okay, the year. Uh, I'm going You know what? This was a. This was a Great Depression thing. <laughs> I feel very strongly this was a Great Depression thing. I'm going to say 1933, right? In the heat of the Depression.
1: Okay, I'm going to assume that this was a taco cart. And I'm going to say 1901.
2: The question was taco truck.
1: Well,
0: <laughs> So I'm going to let you try again.
1: <laughs> I tried to be clever. Um, Go with
0: 1902.
1: I'm. He's going- trying to trick you. Okay, I'm going to say... Maybe the 50s, the 1950s seems like a really good time for there to be a taco truck milling about.
2: The answer was 1966 in New York City. It was a taco truck.
1: I liked I, liked I was, my idea of the taco wagon, some guy just like wheeling a wagon down the street yelling, tacos, tacos.
0: Well, I was thinking of like, you know, in the depression, they had the food lines and I'm guessing at some point someone was, well, they were called bread lines, but there was probably a taco line somewhere. Someone was like, let's spice it up. I guess that was wrong.
1: Maybe there was a taco line. They just didn't know what a taco was.
0: All right. So when was the first recorded taco party in the world?
1: what is a taco party that's exactly
0: what it sounds <laughs> that, that's the clarifying question that's not needed you've never had a taco party
1: i mean i've had like taco night but i wouldn't classify it a as party. a party it's
0: always a party when there's tacos
1: i guess Arriba! <laughs> um, i'm trying to think when you oh. go first
0: on this one so the ball's in your court this is we're asking for another year right
1: yep this is upsetting my dog as you can tell also um, what's the score you're winning by a landslide. Like I'm, I'm,
0: three to one. Yeah. Okay, I'm ahead.
1: Um. Okay. So the big premise of a taco party. I'm going to say occurred in 1966.
0: Way too late. Uh. This is a. This is a post World War II. This was like V E Day. They were like, well, guys, let's have a taco party. In fact, I like that so much. I'm going to say 1945.
2: Okay, so you both busted. Dang it was in the world. You guys are kind of focused on America.
1: Oh, oh. oh my gosh. And then probably like 200 BC.
2: <laughs> what would you like to guess?
0: Do you want to re-guess if she's going to guess 200 BC? Do you want to? Okay, is your re-guess actually 200 BC?
1: No. Okay, I'm going to say probably. let do some
0: re-guesses though. Yeah.
1: 1300 AD.
0: That's still way too late. Uh, I, th- <laughs> I think I'm, uh, this is so fun being live. Cause I can see me saying stuff and, and tactic laughing at it. Uh, boy, that dog is really ta <laughs> He wants a taco. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, uh, 800 BC. No, 800 AD. Sorry. 800 AD.
2: Okay. So nerd bomber gets this.
1: Oh yeah. The first
2: recorded taco party was held in 1520 by Hernan Cortez a Spanish
0: conquistador.
1: Well, that's exciting.
0: I know about Cortez. I learned about it in middle school. I, they didn't mention the taco party, though. That's like the first thing they teach you.
1: So like, do you know, like, what kind of taco party did he throw? Like,
0: People didn't talk about it. <laughs> what we, we're talking hard shell, soft shell. You, you, you Beef, know?
1: chicken, carnitas.
2: The joke's not funny twice. <laughs>
1: Okay, fair enough.
2: So with that, Ill Eagle wins this one.
0: And uh, that's the quiz.
1: I I got pretty close, though. I got two of them at the end.
0: It feels so good to win a quiz about tacos, even if it's just barely.
1: You got to take your win somewhere, because they're certainly not in Fantasy Movie League.
0: Uh, That is fair. Um, I mean, hey, if, if the choice is tacos and movies... I would pick movies. Damn it. Uh, but tacos would be a close second. So, uh, next week, uh, I will be hosting the trivia to be determined by our good friend, Ben. And, uh, until next week, uh, we hope you enjoyed listening and, um, we really love doing this and, and we love that we have people who love hearing us. So thank you guys. Um, if you want to, um, give us some support, uh, head on over to iTunes, give us a review, check us out on Patreon. Um, and uh, just keep listening wherever podcasts are available.
1: Yeah. Thank you, everybody. And we'll, we'll talk to you all next week.
0: See ya.